Let's meet our newest sponsor, Max One. Max One is the all-in-one coaching app that allows you to bring your team to train, communicate, and stay organized all in one easy-to-use spot. One thing I love about Max One is the convenience of every feature. You can easily create individualized workout for each player on your team with videos attached to each workout and deliver them to your athletes' phones, eliminating spreadsheets and paper handouts. Staying true to being an all-in-one platform, the communication features really can't be beat. Giving you the ability to send messages to athletes, coaches, and even parents with the touch of a button. Calendars can also be loaded into Max One, allowing you to organize your program with color-coded schedules and events. With my experience as a coach, I know the importance of the athlete-coach connection. Max One gives any coach at any level a way to start showing up where athletes are spending up to six hours a day with their eyes fixed on their phone. I was blown away by not only the number of tools offered by Max One, but the seamless ease of use. After talking with the Max One team, I can tell they share that my same passion for helping coaches and athletes get better. With a team of former coaches and athletes, Max One brings valuable expertise to a place of need in the coaching community. I've seen the value of Max One can bring to your program. I wouldn't want you to miss this awesome platform. To see if Max One would be a good fit for your program, head to their website at gomaxone.com and schedule a free 15-minute demo with a Max One program specialist. Mention that Coach Brendan Sir sent you and receive a special 10% off if you decide to purchase this already affordable platform. Again, visit www.gomaxone.com right now to schedule your free demo and you won't be disappointed. Remember, gomaxone.com. Hey, welcome to another edition of Coach, a special edition of our Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. And I had to call up my dear friend, Bob Ritchie, at Furman University today because I saw on Twitter that he had an event that absolutely I went crazy and was so stimulated about, and I had to ask him about it. And so he agreed to come and talk to me about it. Bob, thank you and welcome. Appreciate you having me on. Always a pleasure. Well, Okay, so I, I, I look on Twitter and I see my, my favorite color, purple, and I see <laughs> Alden coaching, and I said, hmm, wow, with head coach Bob Ritchie. Four, are you a young, aspiring coach? Well, I'm aspiring. Not expiring, darn it. I, 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 I'm young in mind, but I'm, 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 I'm reading about this, and I am so excited I had to call you, and I wanted you to explain to our our coaches and our young coaches that are you know getting. I want to explain about this because I'm always preaching player development. And I think a lot of people are just saying, "Oh my God, please leave us alone." But this is really cool, and I want you to tell me your thoughts about it. Yeah, so this this idea idea has been in in the works for a couple months now with our staff, and we're really excited about it because we feel like it's very unique and, and it's a, it's a market that I think needs more attention because what I've learned in two years as being a head coach is there's a lot of guys that want jobs out there. And, you know, as I get, you know, now I'm 36, a lot of my friends are established and as we're continuing to build infrastructure here and create positions, I feel a little disconnected from, from that world. Right. And as I've gone around and, and spoke at different at, at clinics and, you know, did your podcast and a couple others and you get these emails, you see a lot of young talent that intrigues you, but how are we, how are we connecting ourselves with it? And then more importantly, as head coaches and as programs, what are we doing to enhance and develop it? And I think that, I think that there's a few things out there that, that are not on college campuses, but what if we did one on a college campus while a college team is here with a current coaching staff and brought people here and just really invested in them and try to figure out ways that we could help them. So when they do get their first job, 
they've got a little bit of a buffet line approach to all the different functions that we do. And then they even get an opportunity in a camp-like environment to experiment with a few of them. I love it. Okay, so it's a, each year you're running two sessions, both in June. They're four days in length. Take us through the four days as far as, uh, you know, what time would they come in the first day? When would they go home the last day? And what do you have in between for them? So basically the, the, the coaching camps will go on at the same time as our two individual camps. Gotcha. So we'll have individual camp from nine to four, um, you know, with 200 kids here. And then basically this will be something that's all day. They're going to stay on campus. They're going to, they, they obviously have, they'll have a meal plan that comes with, you know, their price of admission and they'll, they'll have a rotation of activities through the day. So one thing that they'll do is that they'll get some on-the-floor experience with some of the older kids in camp in, in terms of just the teaching aspect of it because I think that's one thing that all coaches need to continue to practice, especially as they're young, just getting on the court and communicating and learning teaching cues and learning and, and, and having practice with that. Because a lot of these, a lot of these people, as they come up through the ranks, they're behind computers and they're in offices and they're punching numbers all the time or they're doing film. Are they getting that practice to get on the court? So they'll, they'll have a few sessions in there, uh, just in conjunction with our regular camp that's going on. Not much, but they'll have that. Uh, where they'll also get some evaluation there. They'll also get a lot of all the different all the different aspects of our job. So the video technology piece, right? Like let's let's go through synergy and what that looks like for us with film, we use sports code and learning how to code and learning how to tag, um, letting them get with our video coordinator and going through a session there. Uh, the analytics side of the business, where that's going, explaining that, you know, getting on Ken Palm and some of the other analytic sites that we use, explaining those numbers, explaining how we build reports off of that, uh, the scouting aspect of it. You know, once they've learned some of the video side, how are we going to be able to show them what a real scout entails? What, what goes into building a scout? What are the, what are the key indicators that we're looking for in scouting? Let them have some hands on practice with that. The recruiting side, I think is very critical. I think that's a piece where in the business, we wait until we get into those roles. I think the big question that we're going to try to address in there, when you go get your first job, how can you jump into the recruiting world? How can you get your experience in recruiting from a different side of it? Yeah, you might not be able to go to a high school, but how are you going to inject value into the recruiting operation of the staff that you join? And then a lot of the operations side of it, you know, that I think that a lot of times young staff members don't always have a good grip of what they're going to be doing when they first get to a campus and going through some of that, letting our ops guy obviously have, you know, a role in that, in that part of the session. But then we'll be at also, you know, at night we'll be able to do some things strength and conditioning wise. Uh, we're going to take them through our offense here. So they'll be able to see breakdowns. We'll do breakdown drills. We'll have our players here. They'll get to see practice. They'll get to – so, I mean, it's going to be all day. You know what I mean? Like, this is going to go into the night. I mean, this is going to be intense, and it's going to try to get them a, as much of a full-scope view of coaching and also give them opportunities to try to improve their skills through the week. The biggest takeaways I see as a young coach, and I picture myself when I was coming out of college, and I, I learned you know, how to be a coach, frankly, by working 10 weeks at camp summer back when camps were, you know, a big thing. There was no such thing as AAU and stuff. And I'd work at camps and I'd get a chance to teach and run stations, et cetera, coach games and all the biggest takeaways for them that you see are what, I mean, other than the things that you talked about, like the opportunity, I think the opportunity to network a with your staff, but the idea with other young people and then to just listen to, you know, we used to say, like, when the camp was over, just the idea to exchange ideas and listen to some of these coaches talk ball and to talk about offenses and defensive ideas. It was like graduate school for me, you know, to to hear this from another coach that I wasn't playing for in college. I think it's a fantastic opportunity for these young people. 
Yeah, I agree. I think that the, the networking piece will, will be, I think, could be a, a critical piece because I remember, you know, when I was trying to get into the business, I think I worked seven camps after my senior year of college. Mm-hmm. And you're working those camps and you're coaching a team and, you know, you're running stations and you're going to the dining hall and, and you're really doing your best to serve that camp. And you're, you're trying to obviously make an impression. But I don't remember necessarily getting to connect with the staff as much. At, at the particular institution I was at, but, you know, maybe a little bit, maybe there'd be, but I also like, I wasn't really exposed to anything that could enhance my skills or potentially better my situation when I did get my job. So I'm, I'm trying here to create that effect of, you know, let's get 50 young aspiring coaches in a room. Let's blend them with our coaching staff. Let's pour into them and let, let's try to invest in them and, and pay it forward to a degree. And, you know, so now all of a sudden they are going to a camp and they're, they're, they're actually getting to know a coaching staff, everybody on our coaching staff. The same time, though, they're getting to know each other and they can kind of help each other as they continue to grow through the business. And then where are they all going to be in 5, 10, 15, 20 years? And then they can look back and say, hey, we met here. You remember when we were sitting up there and, you know, they made us go up there and draw underneath out of bounds play. And I was nervous to heck because I didn't have one, but this is what I want to do for my life. Like instead of going out there and running hot shot, let's let's put them in a room, let's put them in the film room and and let's make them think about situations and let's make them think about how they got to deal with video software and how they got to deal with like, let's put them in real situations while they still get the feel of a college campus, while they get to meet a college coaching staff. But at the same time, when they leave, they feel like, A, they have a better view of the coaching industry, B, they feel like they improved and then, and then C, they feel like they connected with other people in the business that they can navigate this journey with. And I think, I think when you put all that together, I think it could be a very, very valuable experience. So, Bob, who, who, who are you specifically targeting in a wish list? Who are the young people that you want to get? Well, unfortunately, because of NCAA rules, some of that has been restricted a little bit, you know, uh-huh. just because – we can't if it's an actual assistant, you know, we're, they're not able to come work our camp at the division one level. Gotcha. So basically anybody that is able to attend a camp um, is, is that's a coach is eligible. So you got your, your GAs, your graduate managers, uh, obviously all your student coaches, your student workers, managers, and then high school kid, high school coaches that aren't attached to a prospect. Right. All, all, all that group is eligible to attend and, um, you know, the, the, the fee structure is built in to where we're, we're not trying to make any money in this. As long as we can just pay our cost, obviously we got dorm expenses, food expenses. We're going to get them a notebook so that they can file away all these notes and, you know, make sure that they have record of everything they've learned. Uh, we're going to bring in some other resources to help in some of the, 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 the breakout sessions and things like that. And so we're trying to squeeze as much as we can into this, into this cost so that we can give them as much as we can in, in a, in a four day period. And so, um, really anybody that's, that's in the coaching industry, that's, that's really, you know, if you're asking yourself the question of what's my next step, you know, what, what, where do I go from here? How do I separate myself? How do I, how can I, how can I participate, participate in something that would differentiate me? You know, I think that's where we're going to be able to bring value in this. And, you know, I could see it being something that, you know, there's not a lot out there. I could see this being something that potentially more people start to do. Uh, but right now, with a with a restricted market on this, I could see this really growing quickly, and um, us us allowing some of these people that are trying to move in the business or trying to get that next opportunity and trying to train themselves and 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 help build their reputation. Um, I think this is this is going to provide a lot of value. I think the cost is. Uh unbelievably reasonable 395 for four full days including you know your housing and meals uh that alone is phenomenal but then with all the other extras that you're going to get uh you know the other thing i find in in doing something i do a similar program but the the my students are nba players who want to become coaches uh so i have luke walton kevin ollies when they're done playing Rajon Rondo, people like that. And what I think you're going to do for them is you're going to put them in a safe environment where they can learn and not be judged. 
And, you know, they, they, you know, if you mess up, you know, doing a play or teaching something in front of someone else, that's okay. We're all here to learn. I think that's so important. And I think the difference of attending a clinic and getting some interactive experience, it, it's the ultimate. And so I think yep. that's why this is great. Yeah, I think I, th- I agree with you on that. I think that, you know, there, there's not going to be any um, there's nothing on the line at this. Right. And so there's this is this is just an opportunity for people to get better. And, you know, that's why we're going with with, you know, our our culture line here is, is we say a lot, you know, our mascots, the paladins. And a lot of times you just hear around here, go dens. But we, we kind of created this acrostic when, when we got the job here of, of all den and, and taking, you know, our mascot and coming up with an acronym with DEN that kind of basically just, you know, encapsulates what we try to do as a program. And, and it's just, it just stands for deliberate improvement now. And, you know, there's the, the first and the last word that are essential because for us in our business, we always talk about growing and improving. You, you hear that everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. You got to get better. You got to get better. You got to improve. You got to grow. But for us, the differentiators are the first word and the last word. And what I mean by that is the deliberate piece of that is very important, right? That that if you just go out there with a mission to grow and you don't have a path and a plan and then you don't have measurable goals that you're trying to obtain and you don't have people helping you to say, what is deliberate about my growth? What exactly am I trying to grow in? How am I trying to go grow? What resources am I going to have to be able to help my growth? And then the last word of that is the immediacy of that whole action that it's got to be now, right? Like there's, there's too much waiting. We always think that, Hey, yeah, we want to grow. Well, maybe one day when we get that opportunity or maybe one day when we can go have a full staff that can work with us, you've got to create that now in your everyday. Whatever that is, whatever you're doing, anybody that's listening, anybody right now today, how are you going to be deliberate in your improvement? And so that's how we function as a staff. That's how we function as a team. That's how that's how. And so what we're trying to do with this is create that in in younger coaches as well, that that we will provide you with a deliberate method for you to improve. And it's right now, you know, you don't have to wait till you get that first job. We can bring you in here today, put you on a college campus let you work. If they don't get anything else, they're going to get to watch us practice. They're going to mm-hmm. get to watch us do skill work. They're going to get to watch us go in the film room with our team and, and, and go through film. They're going to get to see the recruiting board and all that stuff. Like where, where else are they going to get that? They can go listen to speakers and that's a, there's a lot of value in that. But where are they going to get it to where they just got open access to watch a program in the summer that's going to have our whole team here and that is working to get better at the same time? And um, I think that's the unique piece of it. You know, the other thing that happens is all the time I get so many emails uh, and texts from young guys trying to break into the field, trying to get ahead, and... You know, the ice, the problem we have in our country is we don't certify coaches. Mm. So I don't know if you can coach if you're not coaching yet. I don't know, you know, you know what you know. And, uh, you know, if you were a student manager for a nice program, that's great. But if you say to me, you know, yeah, coach, you know, I, I have people say, coach, I, I, I went to coaching you live three years ago okay i got it so you heard a lot of good speakers okay good that's good but if they tell me they went to this and that they got to participate and they got to learn that's pretty powerful yep yep and and especially if we're able to give them some things that are tangible and um you know give them some things that they can take away and like i said providing them with a notebook and resources and you know printouts and different things like that to where they can really feel like they came here and got better you know, I think that's that's going to be that's that's what I'm excited about is just, you know, we're going to have a huge staff that's going to focus on our our young kids camp. Right. That's yeah. going to, you know, a, a, our players and, and high school coaches in the area and community, former players. This is where I'm going to put my time. And, and this is where, of course, I've got to go do certain things in the individual camp. But I'm looking forward to just investing in young coaches all day because I know that. I had a lot of people invest in me and, well, that's, yeah. and, and also you were always looking. I mean, I was, I was with a COO of a, of a finance firm of 700. We're always looking for talent. Like the best are always looking for the next talent. And so for us too, as we invest, 
We're also looking to identify people that potentially could join our program and potentially could be young talent that you see. Hey, look, you know, they, they, they got a real passion for this and, and they've got a great ability to connect and they've got a great work ethic and they fit our culture. Like th- that's, that's going to be important that we all learn how to identify this as we, as we build our programs. And so there's, there's, there's a lot that that's going to drive me in terms of just having a desire to teach and, and to invest in younger coaches, uh, but also, you know, ultimately to find young talent that could potentially join our culture and our team and um, continue to push our program forward. I think it's magnificent. I think it's great. And I'm glad I called you because, uh, you know, I, th- I think where you're, you're coming from is what we need in the game. Uh, Bob, if guys want to register, how do they go about it? So just go to FermanBasketballCamps.com, and uh, it will take you right there. You'll see the selection. It's going to have our two individual camps, and then it's going to have the all-den uh, coaches camp. So just click that, um, and, and it will take you through. It's it's pretty it's pretty simple. And once we get you in the system, then our ops guy, our ops guy John D'Angelo, he'll contact you and uh, just let you know what we have and uh, get you all the schedule and all the details you need to know. And uh, we'll get you all squared away. But uh, FermanBasketballCamp.com, they'll get you all squared. And if you have any questions, you can direct those to John D'Angelo at John.D'Angelo at Furman.edu. And uh, that email address is also on our staff website. Bob, I, I think when uh, this is going to be uh, something that's going to be gobbled up quickly. This is a very much a limited enrollment type of thing too, right? Absolutely. Just because we want to make sure that yeah. – we can spend the appropriate amount of time and, um, you know, to have that personal connection. So we've, we've gone back and forth of what the number should be. I don't think that we're going to be at a really to do it right. I don't think this is going to be a high volume type situation. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we've got the cap right now to, to about 40 people, each one, just because we want to, we want to really, really invest in them. Perfect. And so, you know, if, if, if we hit 40 in both of them really, really quickly and we need to open up some new spots, we probably, we probably can absorb a little bit of a, of a higher ceiling, but we don't want to put too many people in here to where they, they don't feel like they get the personal attention necessary. So don't hesitate. You must be now. Absolutely. Uh, that's right. We're <laughs> a little sense of urgency now, but Bob, thanks for sharing. I'm excited for the program. Excited for you as always. Thanks so much for sharing and uh, best of luck with that this summer. Sounds great. Appreciate you having me on and I look forward to talking with you soon. Bob, thanks so much. One of the brightest young coaches in the game today. Uh, Every time uh, we get a chance to talk, he stimulates my thinking overwhelmingly. We got to, you know, first become friends earlier in the season after he beat Loyola, Final Four Loyola of Chicago and at Final Four National Champ Villanova at Villanova. Uh, he is bright, he's thoughtful, he cares about people, cares really about coaching. Uh, I think he's one of the best people to learn from. And so if you're a, a manager, a young person trying to get into coaching, go for this, okay? This is really hands-on clinic type of learning, and I really recommend it for you. Uh, if you really don't know much about Bob Ritchie at Furman, I really want you to go to coachingulive.com uh coaching you live forward slash uh next gen g e n and uh it's our final four five videos from five of the best young coaches in the country and he crushed it i'm telling you you get five phenomenal videos for 39 dollars but bob ritchie is phenomenal in it uh it's like taking a a graduate school course in coaching listening to him uh, watching him after this time out we're going to come back and go to a podcast from earlier in the season we're going to learn and find out more about bob ritchie the coach the person and that the type of program you're going to sign up for this june fast model sports is the world's most versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software. Fast Draw, 
Fastdraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy to use interface that can be used on both your computer and your iPad, providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. Doesn't stop there. Along with Fastdraw, they have other great programs such as FastScout, which I have used, which helps coaches create clean professional sky reports customized for your team. FastModel is trusted and used by every NBA team and WNBA team and 85% of Division I college teams and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills for their online coaching community. For access... To these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high-repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind in the basketball shooting machine industry that enables players and coaches to stay connected, design and upload training exercises, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is, without question, the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to drdishbasketball.com or follow them on Twitter at drdishbball. Don't forget to mention Coaching You and receive $300 off on your next Dr. Dish purchase. That's right. Mention Coaching You or the podcast and get $300 off your Dr. Dish. Hey, welcome to another edition of a Coaching You podcast. Are really excited about our guest today, Bob Ritchie, the head coach of Furman University. And the thing that is really uh, amazing as we're doing this podcast is, uh, you know, you know, yesterday or they became the went to nine and zero by beating Elon, but they also, for the first time, I believe, Bob, in school history, we got ranked in the top twenty-five. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate that. It was a neat moment for our, for our team and our players and really, to be honest with you, for the whole program. And uh, there's there's a lot of people that, that paved the way for that day to take place. This, this goes well beyond the context of our current team. And, uh, you know, this has been this has been a journey and, and we've got a lot of people that have that have been involved in this and to see the progression of the program and, you know, to get to hit that milestone at this level was was something to celebrate and really to be honest with you just something to be thankful for and to remember the journey and uh you know that's what we did we got the news on monday and right at our team meeting we we started our team meeting and we just we we walked through the journey and and you know one of the guys that i had the pleasure of hiring last year was daniel fowler who who played for us last year he has the all-time starts record in Furman history wow and and he's our director of recruiting and the first thing we did is I asked him to talk about his freshman year, which was, you know, five years ago. And he sits in the room and says, you know, we just hope to win 10 games. <laughs> and, and then, and then I went to Matt Rafferty and I said, talk about your freshman year. And, you know, we were 17 and 16 in the regular season. And, you know, we got, we, we, we started to make some progress and we started to show some signs and then we just walked through it. And it was really neat, you know, to take those, you know, 10 minutes to just kind of go through the journey because that's, that's what makes all this special. Right. And and then, and then we kind of wrapped it up, you know, that, Hey, that's awesome. This is what got us here, but you know what, this means nothing. And, and this, this means nothing in terms of the outcome of, of future games. This means nothing in terms of what we're trying to do. And we're simply not satisfied and we've got to continue to grow. And, um, you know, and I thought they did a great job of balancing the separation of balancing the celebration with, you know, the mission and what we've got to continue to do forward going forward. 
And it's so hard when you're dealing with these young people and, you know, on some of our podcasts, some of my favorite podcasts is actually with a guy out of Atlanta, Dr. Tim Elmore, who, you know, specializes with young people like this. And I think as coaches, a lot of times, even though we work with these people or as parents, we raise them, we really don't know about them. (laughs) And and, you're right. (laughs) And this and, and he's opened up my eyes, and I have a 35 and a 32 year old, you know, that I raised, and 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 you know, and frankly, I was unconsciously competent, you know, didn't know what the <laughs> hell I was doing, and somehow it worked out. And I think, you know, to to get these young people to get them to connect, Bob, what an amazing thing! And and you know, on your journey back, starting at Charleston Southern, you've always been a great recruiter, and 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 that's the the life support system of college coaching uh, is how or why are you such a good recruiter? You know, I think rec- being a re- good recruiter is such a generic term, right? I mean, there's, there's yeah. all kind of different ways to do it and everybody kind of gets a label of what does that mean? You know, I think that one of the best pieces of advice is I got, fortunately, you know, I got my start at 23 years old mm-hmm. with, with, Bar- with Barkley at Charleston Southern and I got to go on the road right away. And I think that's something that you don't see a lot in the business now. And I, right. and I got to, I got to start young and early and I had, I had actually, John Schulman told me this, he was the head coach at Chattanooga at the time. And he told me a long time ago and he probably doesn't even remember it, but he said, you know, we started winning at Tennessee tech, not because we beat a lot of people for certain guys. We found and evaluated people that nobody else knew about. And, and he said, he said, that's going to be the trick, right? Like, can you evaluate? And, you know, he went into talking about that. And I took that to heart at Charleston Southern when I was young. I thought, you know, what makes a great evaluator? And what does that look like? And, and I started really trying to figure out, like, we're not going to go beat all these bigger schools to bring in kids to an 800-seat gym that doesn't have a ton of tradition. Like, we're going to have to go find guys that in two or three years, people are saying, hey, where'd those guys come from? <laughs> and and so, you know, that's a whole different equation. And and you know what? That's when I got to Furman, it was kind of the same thing. You know, we were 341 in the RPI, and we went and signed that class last year that was Devin Sibley and Daniel Fowler and John Davis and Jeff Beans, and it was a bunch of guys that had no offers, and they were able to turn the program. And so I, I credit it more to that of just being able to – Um, you know, I've always had a rule in recruiting. This is really simple, but one of my first rules in recruiting, I don't recruit anybody that I don't enjoy talking to. And, and it sounds so simple, but I think there's, you know, we talk about how do you build culture? I think you recruit culture. I think that you select culture in a lot of ways because it's, it's something where if, if you can't connect with that person and you don't enjoy that person, then how in the world in that, in that marriage over the next four or five years, how is there really going to be any joy in that? And, and getting people that you enjoy working with that, that you can, you can really get in the journey with and you can really invest in them because you want to and they want to receive it. I think that when you can start to build that over time, that's when you can see a lot of the, a lot, a lot of the fruits of your labor. So, and I agree with you. And, and at the collegiate level and in the NBA level, we have a lot of head coaches that can really coach, um, but they can't evaluate. And, and and I'm talking NBA level. I mean, there are guys that really can coach, but you send them out there and say, "Hey, who's the first pick? Are you, who's going to be your first round pick?" They they, they can't they can't pick the right one. They wow. can't, and because they're looking at the wrong things. So when you're looking now, whether you were Nico's assistant or now as the head coach, what type of player? What are you looking to fit into your style of play? So the first thing I'm looking at is the person. Right. Like I, I, I want to know, do they have certain indicators when I'm looking at that player? And, and you got to go back to Charleston Southern, but we still do this here as well. I think the biggest, I shouldn't say the biggest, but a fundamental mistake that's made in recruiting is the question is brought up. How good is he? <laughs> and, and, and I think that I think that's a very important question. But my picture of all this has always been. If, if I only can recruit players at their current talent and that's, and that's what we get and they don't get better, we're never going to be good enough. Mm-hmm. So, so my question quickly changed to, okay, not how good is he, how good will he be? And not, does he have potential, right? The, the, I, I used to love hearing and people always say it, he has so much upside. That's so <laughs> irrelevant in this whole deal. 
the, the upside is completely irrelevant. And I think we make a lot of mistakes on upside. The, the, the whole equation right there is do they have the potential to get to their potential? Can you find the qualities in that human being that they're going to be able to go out there and do what they have to do that's necessary to reach that potential? Because if they don't, then it's coming back to, it's coming back to the program. Right. And so I, you know, simple things, right. You know, we, we talk about wanting kids to work hard where, well, you better go identify certain things in their character and in their traits that proved that's this point that they do work hard. Because if they don't, they're not going to start working hard for you. That's, that's not reality, right? If, if, if they don't connect with people, they're not going to get in your program and start connecting with people. If they don't have resolve, if they don't have a certain amount of endurance, if they don't have a great support system to handle certain types of adversity, all that stuff is you're, none of us are good enough to change all that. And so you've got to have, and it can be different for every job. You've got to have a checklist of identifiers where when you're going through this process that you say, Hey, here are the five or six things that we're going to identify. And if we see one that doesn't fit and it doesn't work, we've got to have the conviction to be able to walk away. And, and at the same time, if we see a player that nobody knows about and he's got six or seven and he checks them all off, don't look back. Like, mm-hmm. like go in that thing with full conviction and just see what happens. And we've got story after story of those. And it's like our team now. I mean, Clay Mounts, you know, he's had a phenomenal start. He's the one that got the dunk at Loyola to finish the game, Jeez. hit the big three in overtime at Villanova. Yeah. Nobody wanted Clay. <laughs> No, like like Noah Gurley right now. I mean, we he redshirted last year. He's a freshman. He's starting for us. He's six eight. He's two hundred. You know, he didn't have anything. And and we we have a whole group of them. But I tell you what, our kids know how to connect. They understand team. They understand how to work. They're enthusiastic, and all those qualities were identified in the evaluation. How about that? Obviously, then. With what you're telling me, player development becomes a yep. huge part of what you're trying to do. No question, what no you, doubt about it. Yeah. So, what, 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 what's your thoughts there? Because I, everyone yep. says every school, I don't care if it's the biggest Power Five, say, "Oh, we got a great player development program." It's like a buzzword, you know, a culture, you know, player development. Oh, we're the best at it. You know, well, everyone's not the best. What do you guys do? That what do you emphasize? Uh, with these young people to really help them grow because your kids are growing. Yep. Well, well, here's, and this is a long answer, That's but okay. I'm going to try to, I'll try to, I'll try to pack it in as tight as I can. I think we make the mistake in our world sometimes of com- compartmentalizing the person versus the player, right? And what I just talked about previously, that goes into player development because really the way we look at it, all right, if you, if you said, hey, what's your mission as a program? And you can only give me two words. All right. You got to sum up your mission as a program in two words. I'm going to tell you grow people. Okay. Period. And that, and that's, that's all encompassing. Okay. So that goes to today at five o'clock, we have a a tailor coming in that's going to, he's already, he's already done all the suits for our players and we're spending an amount of money to teach these players how to dress. Right. We, we, We do the etiquette dinners. We do, you know, resume to play programs. We do leadership training. We, we are investing in the whole person. And so what happens is if you identify people that want to grow at a rapid rate and they want to constantly have a deliberate spirit about improvement, okay, then what's going to happen is the best player development programs are led by the player themselves. Okay. None of us are magicians. We all want the credit. That's kind of our business, right? Like we know how to do this. We know how to do this. At the end of the day, last night, I didn't make a single shot. I didn't dribble a ball one time. I didn't, I, I wasn't even on the court, Right. Those players have to do it all. So you've got to find people that want to grow. And then now all of a sudden you build a staff and you build resources and you have a system that is able to enhance those players. And that's what we like to call it. We don't like to call it player development. We like to call it player enhancement Mm. because now what we're doing is we're enhancing the player, but we want the player to understand. And we talk about this daily. It's their responsibility. They've got to drive the development ship, right? And I think as coaches, we think we drive it, and we want to feel what that feels like to say that we drove it. But if you get somebody that's determined and you get somebody that wants to be in the gym, now all of a sudden, right, you've got to have a plan for them. And so for us in the basketball piece of it, and everybody's different here, 
you know, we want all our guys to be able to drill, pass, and shoot, you know, and that sounds really simple. But unfortunately, in the game, you know, it's gotten taken over by, you know, measurables and athleticism and, you know, all these other things. To me, I'm a little bit more of a purist. I still think it's dribble, pass, shoot, you know, see and feel. And so, you know, we're going to, if you came to practice this afternoon, one through five, guys are going to be, you know, dribbling the ball. Guys are going to be cutting. Guys are going to be passing. Guys are going to be playing on the perimeter. Guys are going to be playing in the post. Um, we try to really play through concept. And so basically, you know, like I told you, a little bit of a long answer, but we want in our player development and our player enhancement program, it all wants to fit to our identity, right? So you should be able to see when you go down and watch a skill workout today after we played last night, you should see some bleed over, right? You should see some of the game last night in some of what they're doing today and vice versa. If you're, if you're, if your player enhancement and what you're doing on the court looks completely different than how you play, then obviously it's harder to build. But if you can connect it all, I think it speeds up your, it, it speeds up that player development in a lot of ways. So what initially gets me is that you started at incredibly young age, you become a head coach by 32. You win 23 games your first year. You, you're 9-0 and right now. Where the hell did you learn everything? That's awesome. You know, it's uh, I've always – my dad always was on me about as, as I was young. Like, you got to be a life learner, and um, you got to constantly try to find ways to improve and everything. And, you know, I just – I've always read. I've always been a huge reader, and I've always tried to figure out, like, you know – even four or five years ago, I started putting my philosophy together in terms of, okay, if when I get my shot, what's it going to look like? And I've also been very curious over time of how to build programs. And, you know, growing up, I grew up in South Carolina and Columbia and, um, you know, Lou Holtz kind of took over the South Carolina football team when I was, when I was younger. And, you know, I remember him coming in there and, and the team was 0-11, right? And and he kind of just revitalized that program. And mm-hmm. I, I watched that as a fan. And then, you know, Spurrier came in. And then now down the street, we have what Dabo's doing. And, and, and all that stuff is always, for some reason, I'm very curious. But I always like to get inside that stuff and figure out, like, what's – What's moving the needle? And, um, and, 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 and I just think over time, you know, you just try to, you try to continue to reinvent yourself. You try to find ways to improve yourself and, uh, you just, you just be open to feedback in a better way. And, you know, you're going to make mistakes along the way and you got to learn through those. But, um, you know, it's just, I've still got a ton to learn, but I think that, you know, I, I am open to try to, you know, even in these moments of, of quote unquote success, there, there's a million things we have to do better, and that's where we've got to commit our focus to. You know, I study football coaches like crazy, oh, just man. like and and they're 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 phenomenal. And Dabo's one of my absolute favorites, and uh, John Gordon, a dear friend, uh, is a real close friend of him. And and the thing I love about Dabo is when he literally took over ten years ago, and as interim, uh, he mentally took it on as permanent and. And I remember, and John tells the great story about how, you know, when they had a, they, they'd won a few games and, and, and a guy at a board of trustees meeting said, you know, we want our program to be like Ohio State, you know, in front of him. And he says, you know, in all due respect, sir, I hope Ohio State wants to become like Clemson. And, you know, mm-hmm. you know in your interim basis, you know, after a few games and, you know, that, and you know what? I just love his spirit, you know, it makes him so special, you know. He's 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 incredible. And uh, you know, I'm I'm fortunate. I've been blessed in a lot of ways to be around a lot of great people and have a lot of great mentors and you know, one of my closest friends in the world directs their recruiting. And um, you know, he's he's because of that, I've I've had opportunities to spend with Coach Sweeney and, you know, a a few at length. And um the best thing about him is he's he is what he is. He is what you see. I mean, he's authentic as they get. And, um, you know, he's just a, he's, he's a, he's a regular person that has an unbelievable care about student athletes and he wants to see people grow and he wants to see people bloom where they're planted and he commits the resources to making sure that happens. And, you know, he's, he's, uh, I got the job last April and, uh, I got, I got to have, you know, I got to spend some time with him in August, right before they got kind of cranked up with camp. 
and it was it was about seven o'clock in the evening. I think I ended up leaving the facility at eleven thirty, and 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 everything that he told me that night. I mean, just to just to have the have the ability just to sit there and listen and to let him you know go through some things how he built that. And the neatest part about that whole thing is everybody talks about that that new building they have, right? Sure. And and you hear about the slide and you hear about all the you know the 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 bowling and all that stuff. But the neatest thing about it, if you ever have an opportunity to go over there, when you walk in the front doors and you look to the right, the first door you see is the life skills program oh, and, wow. and, and the Paul program. It's the very first thing you see when you walk in the building. And there's just a commitment to to make sure that they build people the right way. And, you know, so I do. I mean, I I I watched I watched them closely and I think there's a lot to learn in just how you build a program and how you sustain success over there. You know, uh, as when you decided how to play, um, you know, was it how did, how does one young this is a question for really, you know, our ton of listeners is that as a young coach, how did you decide your style of play? So, you know, I think the biggest thing on that is and this was my experience. You got to decide who you are first. Amen. And and you've got to figure out what do you like because I don't think it's about what you can teach or what you can coach. It really comes down to what you can fix and then what you can have the conviction to stick with when it's not going well. And and it, and I think a lot of times what happens when we don't commit to our personal philosophy, we just kind of grab and pick and we just kind of pick a little bit of this and that's working. Let's try this. Okay. So now I'm not really convicted to it. So it's not working. So I'm just going to change. And then when you change, it impacts everything in your program. And then a lot of times that can cost you. And so what I started doing is just how, do, how do I see the game? How's the game enjoyable to me? What, do, what style do I like? And, you know, as I was, you know, in my twenties and getting, you know, younger in my thirties, it was just, I like, I like tempo. You know, I like spacing. I like the three, I like the three pointer. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love cutting, you know, I love, I love ball movement. And so you start, okay. So now you take that and you're like, all right, what coaches do I like to watch? And so for me, it was, you know, Lenny Acuff at Huntsville. It was John Beeline at Michigan. It was Rick Bird at Belmont. It was, you know, you know, even Porter Moser and what they're doing at Loyola and, and Jay Wright, what they're doing at Villanova. And then you just start blending it, right? And you start, you start creating, your system and you put your own, you know, net, I guess, quote unquote flavor on it, but it's, con- it's consistent with your personal convictions. And, um, and then you enjoy it, you know, and, and, and when you see something new and, and you see something that kind of fits in with that, you're not always searching for something outside of your identity. Now you've got your identity. And when you're innovating, you, you can, you can, you don't get a sidetracked, right? So, so there's not 25 teams you can watch. There's probably only four or five, but you, you're consistent with who you are. And um, so that's that's what we've tried to do. You know, we've tried to we try to play, you know, we're, we're not breakneck speed, but we try to play with pretty good tempo on make and miss. Uh, we, we really pride ourselves in spacing and, and we pride ourselves in ball movement and cutting. And, um, you know, so that's in our kids, to be honest with you, on top of that, what I would say is. I also, with my personal conviction, I also had to make sure it was advantageous at the advantageous at the for the place I was at. Hmm. And so, so Furman, right. Furman is academic. It's rigorous. Um, you've got, you've got a certain academic standard that you're going to have to adhere to. And so can, can our, instead of our style of play going against or resisting that, can we find a way to make that advantageous? Right. Can we figure out, you know, it's the whole, it's the whole David Cutcliffe of, you know, why come to Duke, right. It's a basketball school and it's academic. And he gets up there and he says, you know why we're going to win at Duke? We're going to win at Duke because we're academic and we're basketball school. <laughs> and, and so so same thing with us. Like how do we take what, what the coaching world sees as a negative with our academics? How do we build a style of play that maybe we can get, right, we can get a cerebral component to it. We can get a toughness component and, and, and a skill component to it that, you know what, this is going to this is going to make it to where we can still recruit at a high level inside our identity at a place that's going to resemble and align with our institution. Oh, that's that's phenomenal and so well thought. Of. You know, I love the coaches that, you know, you study and stuff like that. And you look at how did you uh, fault? I don't want to say how did you come upon? That's a better word. Uh, Lenny Akoff. 
So uh, I got a couple of friends. Mark Price uh, is a close friend of mine. He was uh, an assistant at Belmont, and uh, he also used to be an assistant at Furman for Jeff Jackson. And he's actually who connected me with Jeff Jackson that that opened the door to me coming here at Furman in 2011. Wow. So Mark Price worked for Lenny a long time ago. And uh, and so then when they made this is just how, you know, I always say, you know, God's humor and all this. I mean, you just see right. when you look back on the journey. So in 2013, we're fired at Furman. I've got a three year old and a one year old and I don't know what's next. OK. And and by the way, not to get off on a tangent on this, I didn't know Nico Medved at all. No way. And um, and so so now they've got this thing boiled down to seven candidates. And I've got a few of them calling me, you know, I'm 29 years old. I'm their interim head coach. I know I'm not, I'm not, I'm not staying, you know, it's just, it's it's chaotic. Right. And one of those guys is Lenny Acuff and he gets an interview. And so he reaches out to me and uh, we meet in a hotel in Atlanta. I was there with Lenny that same time when he was interviewing. Go ahead. This is fascinating. He's a great (laughs) friend. I love him. So, uh, so he says, Hey, let's talk. And so I go to his hotel room, and again, uh, it was probably about six thirty, seven o'clock, and I don't think I left till ten thirty. And uh, you know, it was offense, it was program, it was how do you build a program, and I just thought, wow, this guy's incredible. And so then I start watching his teams, and I start watching how they play, and I fell in love with it. And and I just thought, you know what, these these are concepts that also are run with tempo and spacing. And, and this is like, this fits, you know, this fits me, this fits Furman, this fit, this fits the whole thing. And, and so I just, to be honest with you, again, like I think the last five years, uh, one unique practice that I've done is I've watched, I've watched a full season of a team in an off season and it takes a long time, but it's been an incredible learning experience for me. And one year I took, I took Huntsville and I just watched every single game and, you know, and then I started to develop a relationship with Lenny. He and I, we get together face to face twice a year now, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I went to Huntsville. Uh, Nico actually flew in as well from Colorado. We had a great time in May and then Lenny came and scrimmaged here in the preseason. And, wow. you know, we had a great time there and he's just been an incredible mentor to me. Uh, as good of a coach as he is, he's even a better person. And, um, you know, so he's been a, he's been a huge impact and, uh, and an influence for me. I'll tell you, uh, this is, this is for our listeners to tell you how our world is and how you should receive coaches. So uh, I'm in Atlanta. I'm sorry, in Orlando where I'm living, uh, Doc Rivers is one of my former players with the Hawks. He's living in Orlando. He's coaching the Magic. I think I'm with the Knicks at the time. And we, we both live there. And we have a dear, dear friend of ours in Orlando who's a very, very wealthy businessman named Stan Pekavich, who's a great player at Auburn. And Stan calls me up and says, I want you to come to a gym today. This is during a summer AAU tournament at Disney. And he says, I want you to come to this gym today at Lake Highland High School. There's a middle school. I want you to come to this gym. And gym is about the size of our kitchen, right? And he says, <laughs> I, I want to show you and Doc Rivers this coach I found. You want <clears> us <throat> to come and watch this guy? Okay. He, I said, who is going to – he says he's got uh, his – 12-year-old's AAU team is going to demonstrate. Okay. And Jeff Turner, one of my former players with the Magics, is coaching Lake Highland Prep School. Oh, he, yeah. he's, Jeff is a great guy. He's there, too, because he's opening up the gym for us. So it's Jeff Turner, myself, and Doc Rivers. And this guy walks in. It's Lenny Akoff. How about that? And he shows us his offense. And Doc Rivers and I are sitting there going, Holy shit. God, this is the best stuff we've ever seen. The next thing you know, he's Doc's out on the floor asking him questions. I'm asking him questions, and we're going, this thing is incredible. And incredible. and we were mesmerized by him. And uh, you know, and and so uh fast forward the following um year, he called me up. And Stan Van Gundy, I think, had been fired as coach of the Magic. And he said, Stan called and said, hey, would you, Lenny called and said, would you do me a favor? I'd love to meet Stan Van Gundy. I said, no problem. And so we set up a 
a day for him to go and spend. He flew in and spent a day with Stan, and then I went to dinner with him at night. And I told him at dinner, I said, you know, all this stuff you're doing, we could do this in the NBA. You should be coaching in the NBA. And he was, like, really excited about it. And his daughter called me up, who was a student, and said, don't you dare tell my daddy to leave <laughs> you know. But I, I really believed it. He, and then we had him speak at Coaching You in Orlando, and he just blew the doors off. He, oh, uh, I'm glad you, I'm glad you, you know, you have exquisite taste. I'm, I, I just got to compliment you on that. You know, he, Lenny Akoff is a treasure. And any of you that don't know Lenny Akoff, study Lenny Akoff because he is a treasure and stuff. I, I, I just really, I believe that that is, that is such a neat thing. Uh, but I, I love, I love Lenny and I think that's, boy, that is good. What a style to master. He, 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 we had him at coaching you a few years ago and we walked out of there and said, my God, that, that is some of the best stuff I'd seen. And I thought I knew everything he did. And he showed me all new stuff. Right, uh, right. You know, and I just, that's, uh, that's, that's the best thing about him is, is he constantly evolves and he's constantly looking for a better way. And, um, you know, that's what makes him great. He's creative. He's innovative. But, but he's not somebody that's going to sit here and say, this is how I did it 10 years ago. And this is how we're going to keep doing it. Yeah, And, you know, if you pop in a tape right now, it's going to look different than it did six years ago when he's doing which more I, Which guard, I think is great because you, know? you got to keep and, growing. And it's great. Yeah. yeah. And now, how did, now, how did you come? I think a, a big thing now with coaches is defensively. How did you figure out how you wanted to play? So, you know, that's that was, you know, I, I got to give all credit there, you know, to Nico and, uh -huh. you know, what he taught me there. I mean, he's he's got a phenomenal – basketball mind and, and exceptional defensively for sure he brought he brought an identity here defensively that we've really just stuck to and uh again it goes it goes back to how do you have success at Furman you know and, and yeah. we thought that it had to be a, a connected you know tough-minded man-to-man defense that was built on team and mm -hmm. um you know it's 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 nothing crazy you know we, we don't have five or six different defenses we we have we we have our defensive identity. We got a couple ball screen coverages, mm -hmm. and and we just try to go and build as much connection through it as we can. And you know, it's it's what I learned through him. You know, I I'd been exposed before I started working with him. I'd been exposed to more individual defensive improvement drills, and and then you know you 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 build up to your two on twos and your three on threes, which is all great stuff. Sure. But he was so much more in terms of the connectedness of five guys and, and how do you build that and how do you really create the, the synergy amongst that group to be able to go out there and play on principle. And, um, you know, and, and, and how do you build that in practice? How do you build that in the preseason? And, and instead of having 10 different ways to do it, how do you, how do you focus on your, your, your one way of doing it, but you're also your built-in contingencies around that? And, um, so, so basically, you know, we're, we're, we're different offensively, but really if you popped in a game now, uh, and you popped in another one three years ago, defensively, it's going to look basically the same. Yeah. That, you know, I think one of the things, and I do a lot of clinics now in this, uh, fall and stuff. And one of the things that I've seen in coaching, uh, from back all the way when we started UB Brown being my high school coach, which is incredible when I think about wow. it, you know, and all of a sudden, I, I, I think about how we all learned back then. And, you know, it was up in the Northeast. So you had the Bob Knight, UB Brown uh, influence type of thing. That was the way we all played man-to-man. -man. And we all did all the drills. And then we went to Shell and everything was four and four Shell. And then several, several years later, probably maybe until I got to the pros, you know, we're in the pros, you're still doing four and four shell. And then all of a sudden in the pros, at one point it just hit me. And I said, you know what? We're playing five on five and all these rotations, four and four don't work. <laughs> and and so I said to Chuck Daly one day, I said, Chuck, I, I, you know, he's, you know, the most, one of the most incredible, I think, coaches ever. Uh, and I said, Chuck, I hate to say this. You took your team to the finals last year, but I really think we can improve defensively if we do five-on-five five drills. <laughs> and Chuck had a wonderful saying. He just would ever say if he didn't want to agree with me, didn't want to disagree, he just said whatever. And, that, and so I just, next day, I just put in some five-on-five five drills. 
And I didn't tell him I was going to do it. And, and so what we started to do is we used the plays that we would see during the year from the best plays in the NBA and, you know, 30 mm. teams. And, and those were our shell drills, the best teams. Yep. In the league. And I've tried to share that with coaches this year. The high school coaches totally resist. But the college coaches, they accept, but then they go back and they do their four and four. And I just think the kids nowadays that you and I talked about connecting with and teaching, I don't think they understand what in education, you know, you were a business major, you're way smarter than me, but in education, we, we you know, said transfer of learning. I, I just don't think kids understand when you say, okay, we're going to do this two on two, three on three drill. And now, oh, now this is, that's how it applies to five on five. And, and I, it's just something that, just made sense to me way into my career. But now I'm trying to help people by telling them, Hey, this is what I would do if I were you nowadays, you know, I tell you, yeah. I mean, with all the ball screen coverages that we're all facing now, I mean, that fifth defender is vital. And, um, you know, you got to guard a ball screen with five guys. Think you about that. Guard, Think about that. Imagine guarding a horn guys. screen with four, you know, a horns pick and rolls or, or any of the pick and rolls with four guys and you're yeah. going to hard hedge, you know, it's hard. Yeah. Can't do it. It's hard. It's hard. And, you know, it's also, you know, one thing, one thing that I really took from Nico that I thought was a, was a huge strength is that defense is, is heavy schematics. There's no question about it. You Mm -hmm. better have, you better have your schemes, right. But, but it's also understanding multiple efforts and the amount of intensity that's required and then figuring out a way in practice that you can build in that accountability the right way to motivate them to play that hard. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's a huge chunk of it. Like we all have similar defensive schemes, right? Like there's only so many ways you can teach a hedge. There's only so many ways you can teach rotation. There's, there's, there's not, you know, 85 different choices you have out there on how you want to defend stuff. But I think the greatest defenses, they, they do it a little bit faster. They react a little bit quicker and then they're a little bit more connected in their movements. And how do you build that? You know, and I think that's where, that's where the the progress and the increase lies. And, you know, this is a great story uh, going back to how we, how we built this program that I think could help a lot of coaches. I know this helped me a ton watching this, but taking you back a little bit in the journey to, to our second year here with, with, with Nico, we, we had signed four freshmen his first year and all four of them were in our top six that Mm -hmm. second year. Okay. So this is 2014 and we're playing all these freshmen and they have no idea how to guard, but they're talented and they can score it, but we're losing all these close games. And and then sometimes occasionally getting blown out. We go up to VMI. They hit a million threes on us one <laughs> night when Duger's there. And, and then there's, there's three games left in the regular season. Okay. And I think at the time I could be wrong on this. I think we had only had seven wins somewhere in that ballpark. We go to Greensboro on a Sunday afternoon and we get beat by 40. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're on the bus and you're in the locker room and it's just kind of like, Hey, we got Western and Wofford. Then we go to the conference tournament. We'll probably be out in the first round and let's get to recruiting and, and let's, let's fast forward this thing a little bit. And, you know, that would be the natural human Absolutely. reaction to a lot of that. Right. I mean, let's just, let's just move on. And um, I remember Nico coming in the staff meeting. He said, "You know, guys, we got to keep we got to keep at it. We got to find a way to get these guys to figure it out." And so, this was we had Western Carolina in here on Thursday, on a Thursday, who had already beat us by twenty at their place. And on Tuesday, we have a practice, and here was the practice. They've got we're gonna go we're gonna go purple versus white, five on five. Okay. The first thing they have to do is they have to execute our offense and they have to get a great shot. If they do that, they get to, they get to go to the next phase of the game. Now they get to play in transition. They're going to have to execute transition defense properly, right? We're going to have to get top safety. We're going to have to communicate. We're going to have to find shooters. Everything's going to have to be perfect. If they do that, okay, now they get to guard. If they guard correctly and they communicate and they jump to the ball and they do it the way we want, now they get to see if they can finish the possession. If they rebound and secure the ball and they do all that, they get one point. And he looked at the staff and he said, he said, we're going to play to three and we're going to be here as long as we need to be here. Mm. And what happened was is we go in this practice and he told us, he told us, he said, look, don't go out there and yell at him. All right. I don't want anybody carrying on. 
I don't want anybody, you know, this, this isn't about us versus them. This is how do we help them? How do we bring more accountability? And when they don't do it, just blow the whistle, tell them what they didn't do, and then flip it. I'm not lying to you. We were in that gym for two hours and 45 minutes. And, and finally, a team got to three. And what happened was, here's what's wild, okay? The players were walking off the court, and they said, that's the funnest practice I've ever been a part of. I still remember Stephen Kroon telling me that, who ended mm. up being player of the year in the league the next year. But he said, that's the funnest practice I've ever been involved in. And what it was, now it was February, right? But, but we were practicing the game with full accountability. Yes. And, and so then Western comes here. Stephen Kroon, our best player, is hurt. Or no, no, he, he got hurt at the end of that game. We go on to beat Western Carolina here. And then we play Wofford at home, and we lose by a possession. Oh. And, and, and they were phenomenal. And Mike I mean, they Young were, as well, they, coach. They were, that yeah. year, that's, that's Carl Cochran and Lee Skinner and all those guys. They were phenomenal. Okay. And then we go to the conference tournament, and that's, that's the run right there. That's when we, we almost found ourselves as a 10 seed in the NCAA tournament because we, we beat Citadel by, by a large margin that first game. We knock off Chattanooga, we knock off Mercer, and we're on ESPN playing Wofford again wow. with that same team and, and, and lost by three. And, and what that taught me as a coach going through all that, and we still do it. I mean, we've probably done it three or four times you know, this, this, this season, this preseason. It's, it's still all about can, can you practice the game? Yes. You know, can, can you practice with – can you get your guys to play free – with a sense of responsibility and a high level of accountability. And you're constantly trying to find possessions of perfection. You know I mean? That's what we're all chasing, right? Like, sure. like how can you practice great possessions? And so many times as coaches, we just want to check it off. All right. We worked on that for 10 minutes, but was it, was it really at the highest level, right? Was it, what, did you really, really get better? And, and did you really try to be as great as you could be in that single possession? And, um, you know, that's, that's something that, that I think we all can take from, you know, in the coaching world. It's not always about the drill. It's not always about what you're doing. It really most of the time comes down to how you're doing it and, and what type of – what type are you doing your job? Are you doing it at a high level and are you doing it consistently? Bob, that's one of the best things anyone's ever shared on our podcast. It's phenomenal. And, and, and you're right. That's five on five. And that's called accountability basketball when you're keeping score like that. And, and I think really one of the key things that was being done by Nico and you that in that practice is when a guy makes a mistake, I think we make him, we as coaches make mistakes by yelling and screaming <laughs> at our players rather than correct the behavior. Because when a guy makes a mistake of something we taught him, it's probably because I didn't do a good enough job teaching him. And and I think that that's why the results were so good, I think, for you guys, you know. And so thanks for sharing that. That's incredible. And, you know, and I, you know, I think we've done, you know, in the last couple of years, 120 podcasts at Coaching You. And this is the first time I've ever interviewed anyone that graduated summa cum laude from college. So this, this, is, <laughs> but this, this has been so much fun, man. I, I really appreciate it. I, you know what? I can't wait to get up to Greenville and uh, – you know, and, and meet you and see you in person and, uh, you know, and, and, and spend a day with you. Larry Shyatt has a great home about a half hour from your campus. That's right. That's and right. so, you know, maybe Shy will even let me stay at his place, you know, you know. His, well, his, we've, uh, we've, we've got plenty of room here. You're always welcome. Well, we, would, we would love well, to host you. That would be our honor. Well, you know, thank you so much. And again, uh, congrats to what you're doing with Furman. And it, it is so much fun to see. This is this is really what basketball and this is what coaching is about, and, and I'm I'm excited for you, and I love the way you're celebrating and stuff like that. So, thank you again, Bob, and appreciate and continued success to you guys. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, thanks for having me on, and look forward to talking with you more here soon. Thank you, Bob. 